Welcome to Wealth Well Done. Together, we'll cover a wide range of important topics surrounding money and the impact it has on our lives. From the sophisticated and highly valuable planning techniques of the ultra-wealthy to the commonly underutilized biblical teachings. Together, we'll work to improve our relationship with money and our effectiveness in stewarding it well. Here's your host, Eric Scoville. Welcome to the 18th episode of the Wealth Well Done podcast, where we help you give you practical, tactical, and spiritual advice to help you do your wealth well done. Um, this week, we are back again with Mike Morowski. We have, uh, Mike is a highly experienced, uh, decorated real estate investor. And um, he said, he, uh, last week, we went, we went into an, a number of things inside real estate, um, not only his coaching business and the uh, syndications he does, but but good good advice for people as they are trying to uh, scale scale their type of passive uh, passive income. Um, so, Mike, today we're going to we're going to take this a different route here. And so, as always, the disclaimer, which I, I don't think we're going to get as much into financial advice today, but the, the disclaimer is, you know, folks, we just hope that you um, take all this in as as generic advice, and that anything that um, you feel applies to you, please. Please think that over. Review that with your uh, your own financial team to make decisions that are um, based specific on you. But nothing in here is is meant to be financial advice uh, pertaining to your situation. So, uh, with that being said, background on Mike, n- the non real estate side of this. So, Mike, you you attended Shalom Bible Bible College. You've got Hi. a yeah, you got a d- degree in theology. Um, you like I said, you've got you know thirty plus years inside real estate. You, um, we're going to talk a little bit about the, uh, my core intentions and then you can give us a little bit more of, of what's going on with that. But you had, uh, you had a, a very high level of success. You've, you've seen the loss behind that and then the redemptive side. And so we're going to, I want to, I want to unpack those pieces of, of what happened in your career, um, how that's gone and what, what's happened since then. And then, and also, uh, maybe we'll, if we get time, we'll touch a little bit on, even on the nonprofit that you uh, also ran uh, in, in Chicago or helped in Chicago with, you know, regarding homelessness as well. So yeah. that being said, Mike, will you just kind of jump into to your, your background and give, give, give your version of, of what happened? Sure. Well, you know, I'm in real estate for 30 years. That's my history. Uh, as I uh, have mentioned previously, you know, I, I started out on the residential side. In 2005, I saw the market shifting and knew that I would have to go do something else that I wouldn't keep my production up as high as it was. And I was really, you know, I was relatively successful in the in the real estate sales business. I think anybody who who sells more than, you know, 10 or 15 homes a year is pretty successful in that business. And so um I had always wanted to be in the apartment business and I, I didn't understand it fully, but I, I knew this, I knew you could buy a great real estate deal, find private equity, marry the two. And as long as everything went well, you stayed in the middle and everybody profited as a result of it. Well, no one has issues um, when, when everyone's making money. That's right. So I, I syndicate my first multifamily deal in 2005. And um, I found, you know, I was so excited that I find this deal. The seller is going to sell me this small 11 unit apartment building. And 
Um, and, and that might not be small to some listeners, but you know, it's a good size and was a great start. And I, I went into that not knowing a whole lot. Right. So I listened to everything the seller and the broker told me, which was all wrong. And I had to go and get all educated after that. Um, but I raised capital and, and brought this syndication to the market. And it was like, it was, it was so simple the way it came together. Right. Um, but you can know how to do all this stuff, but it happens in the execution. Right. So because of my excitement, I brought an investor in. I, I got this deal done. We ran it. We re- operated it. But I learned a lot along the way. I learned how to build a buying strategy and what I needed to do. Um, from that first syndication, over the next 30 months, I went out and raised $18 million. I bought 4,000 apartments, uh, about $60 million worth of real estate in five different U.S. markets. Um and built a property management company at the same time, managing 7,500 units. So in 30 months, I built a $100 million company. um, And uh, I had 100 people working for us. And it was just, it was a a great run. And then for anyone who knows anything about what's happened in the world in the past past couple of decades, if, if you did that for about 30 months, around starting in 05, well, it's around the corners 08. Yeah. So what happened? So it was like hitting a brick wall in a freight train uh, at 200 miles an hour Mm. and just started to unravel. And I always tell people, I say, hey, I made five mistakes. The first one was that we grew way too fast and we were very unstable as a company. The second one was I was over leveraged. So I owned all that real estate at 85% loan to value. And Eric, I don't know who is worse, me for taking the money or the banks for giving it to me, right? Oh, right, absolutely. Um, and and then uh, I also was undercapitalized. Though there are the first three mistakes that I made. Um, so we started to unravel. Uh, I had about 38 different companies. 12 of them I should have just let go to foreclosure and some investors get hurt. But do, do I didn't want it. Mike, do you mind? I just, <clears throat> I'm feeling in my spirit right now that, that, that that last point just needs a just one little extra emphasis because to so many people who are young, hungry, they've got they're hustling and they're they're trying to grow. That for them, it's a dangerous trap. And while they might not banks might not let them be at eighty five percent leverage right now, still be at eighty mm-hmm. and 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 just and that that lure of well, it's going to keep working. It's yeah. going to keep working because I'm guessing you know come oh seven, you were seeing tons of success and you weren't thinking. Where's the brick wall we're about to run into around the corner? And you were seeing, uh, I mean, you're just seeing the growth and it looks like you've got this figured out. It's inside, inside trading right now. Every different, you know, every time I hear someone talk about, Hey, I've got a new trading strategy. They've got, they've got it figured out. They know how to time the market and they're going to beat the market now. And it's just, <laughs> they don't, they don't realize this whole picking up pennies in front of a steamroller type analogy that that happens. So. Uh, yeah, just I just want to throw that out there too, though, to those yeah. young, hungry hustlers who are going at it just fearlessly, um, who don't, they just can't see the the, the brick wall around the corner. Um, to just if they can just stop and slow down and see, does this make sense? Do they even understand the risk that they're taking? So sorry to interrupt there, Mike. I just wanted no, to throw that I, out. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. You know, and you're right. You know, it's uh, 
first of all, don't chase any false dreams or something that seems too good to be true, right? It it just, uh, you have to be, you have to watch this market because we're, we're in uncharted times right now. But with that said, this is the greatest time to be investing in, especially in multifamily. I think that, you know, if you get positioned right now, anywhere in front of the next bull run, you're going to be successful. There's going to be, this will be the greatest redistribution of wealth the world's ever seen again, yeah. right? So yeah, you know, that 65% loan to value, I, I coach my people today. I, you say 85, 85 that you yeah. were, yeah. 85% loan to value. I coach my people today not to be any more, any less than, or any more than 65% loan okay, to value. Yep. So you, you have to have that spread in there. Right. And, and nowhere in the Bible does, does someone get rich overnight. It doesn't happen. Right. It's, it's first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. And it, it's just everything. It, it wasn't an accident that, you know, <laughs> most of Jesus's analogies dealt with, yeah. you know, with agriculture and just this, this whole idea, like you can't cheat a harvest. You yeah. can't, you can't cheat a harvest. Harvest takes time. Right. And, and so you have to give good growth. Sustainable growth has to have time in on it. So if, it, if it's growing too fast, then that might be a sign. But right. all right, sorry. So, ba- so back to your story. So we got the first three, the first three things you did wrong. Yeah. So, um, uh, I had, as I mentioned, I had some company, I had about a dozen companies I should have let go to foreclosure and a few investors that get hurt. But hey, I was the oldest born. I'm the hero. I can't let anything happen to anybody. I have to be overprotective. So I thought, and and it, you know, here's what I thought. I thought this is a recession. This is going to last 17 or 18 months. There'll be a 10 or 12 percent correction in the market. I saw it happen before. I wrote it out before. It's the same thing this time. So I thought well, here's what I can do. I can move money back and forth between profitable companies to non-profitable companies. My accountant and my attorney both said, this is just a short recession. We're going to be good. Go ahead. You can move money. Just leave a paper trail, which I did. Um, But it wasn't 17 or 18 months. It was eight years. And it was a 40% correction in the marketplace. That's a tough storm to weather. Right. And... uh because of the movement of money, I didn't tell my investors. So I didn't tell my investors I was moving the money. So as a result of that, I got charged on wire fraud and mail fraud charges. And I got sentenced to 10 years in federal prison and lost everything. Yeah. So $100 million company and lost it all. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's funny. I've got another... Another uh, close friend who also has a story very similar to that, mm. hundred million to, to nothing, um, and and happened around real estate in, in 08 too. So, um, so so with this, then at that point you have because these aren't just cold people you've never you know heard of or met before that that are invested with you. I'm sure you've got family and friends in there too. Like you said, you're trying to be the hero to these people, and and you let it go. Can you walk through the you know, in the weeks after it's fallen apart and, and the weeks after the, the sentencing and, and like, just what, where are you at? Yeah. Right, so right there. Um, I honestly didn't know that we were breaking the law, you know, 
Um, my accountant, my attorney both said, Hey, go ahead, leave a paper trail. And, and I always tell people, I say, Hey, I never flew private. I didn't have a boat. I didn't have a big house, not a fancy car. I was a neighborhood baseball coach. You know, I had a foundation. I served the homeless. I, I was home every night for dinner. And I got ripped from that to live in a 12 by 12 room with three men I didn't know, nor did I like, wondering what the hell happened in my life. Yeah. And, you know, that time between realizing that something happened. So I, I was on vacation in, in August of 2010. And I come back from vacation and my ex-partner hands me two business cards and says, you need to find a criminal attorney. And I'm like, a criminal attorney? What, uh, what do you mean? He goes, I can't talk to you anymore. And the next thing I know, I'm sitting in an attorney's office talking this through and my attorney's telling me, yeah, this is going to go away. You didn't, you guys didn't do anything wrong. It's okay. And, um, you know, the next two years was a nightmare. It was the, it, you know, um, the next two years was just like always looking over your shoulder, wondering what you're going to do next. How are you going to, you know, what are you going to do for your family? What if you go to prison? What if you don't go to prison? What's your life like now? What's your reputation like now? Look at the newspaper articles. Um, look at the people that show up at your house in flak jackets and your neighbors wondering what the hell happens in your going on in your life. Um, family members that say, I knew you were up to no good. Yeah. Because you, because I created all this wealth. Now, what I will say is that my ego was a bit out of control. I didn't have God in my life at a level that I should have had God in my life. I was Christian and walked that road, but I didn't, you know, I was egotistical. I was not humble. I was arrogant. Um, and I, I thought that, you know, my goal was to to own and operate 10,000 units and we were going to sell to a hedge fund and I would have run off into the sunset because yeah. I knew what that would have looked like. But that change in the market changed everything in the world. Yeah. Okay. It's safe to say that you felt uh, kind of rejected, abandoned by, by most of those people who were, who you're hoping were going to be close to you. I got, uh, I went to prison in 2013 um, I was in prison for three weeks and my wife divorced me. Um, sorry. And man. so anybody that, anybody that was in my life at that time, uh, there were two people, uh, that can, that rode eight years in prison with me that, and what I, you know, they stuck with me by my side. They were there for me, two people from the outside, everybody else went on with their life and going to prison's a funny thing, right? Cause it's like you die, mm -hmm. but you watch your life go on without you. Right. Right. Huh. Before we, before we go back to, to your story here, I want to ask you about this. So Jesus talks about, tells us to visit, visit the imprisoned. That's something that very, very, very few people do. Hmm. Can you, can you, help someone who maybe when they've read that scripture, they've felt that tug on their heart a little bit more than, than others. Can you maybe help them with that, of what that, what that means to someone who's in prison to, to have someone, whether you know that person or you don't either, either way, um, the, the person that's imprisoned, um, 
to to have someone just to reach out and, and say you're still a human. We still love yeah. you. We still care about you. I you know listen. I have some interesting stories of people that show up unexpectedly. Um, my uh, very close friend of mine um, was there by my side the entire time I was behind the wall. And he said, God told me not to leave you. Hmm. He goes, I'm not leaving you. Um, I have a friend that um, um, she actually wrote a guy on death row for 20 years before he died of cancer. And, and actually she wrote him probably longer than that, probably closer to 30 years. And he, and she visited him three times a year. Um, and, and didn't even know him yeah. when she, she was a pen pal of his. So, you know, there's people that have that on their heart and there's people that can't do it. You know, I had a friend, I had a friend come up and visit me one time and he goes, I can't do this. I got to go. He goes, I'm just, I, I'm freaked out being here. And, um, you know, he stayed for 10 minutes and, you know, so I think it's in some people's hearts. It's just like human trafficking or homelessness. You know, you get you get something pushed on your heart. Right. Answer the call. You know, right? A- answer the call. Okay. So obviously, when you are in prison now, 2013, it's it's dark, and you've been abandoned by a lot of people. You are. I can only imagine the what's running through your head with this and the emotions and how you're handling this. Um, where, where did Jesus, you know, pop into show this up? story for you? Where did Jesus show up? Yeah. Jesus showed up back in 1983 when I got baptized. Okay. Did I, you know, so, um, so I'm in prison. My wife, decide she's going to leave me and, and it wrecked me. Um, I honestly didn't know how I was going to get through today, this morning or 10 years, you know, yeah. didn't know how I was going to do it. So I, I literally cried for 18 months every day. His, I mean, like they would find me in the chapel in a fetal position and you don't want to, you you know, men's prison is not a place for somebody to be crying. You know, it's a sign of weakness, right? Sure. Um, I'm in prison about six weeks and I walk in the gym one day and this guy comes over to me and, and I had gone from running marathons to being 35 pounds overweight. I hated myself. I think at some level I probably wanted to die, but just didn't have the courage to, to, you know, kill myself. Um, this guy walks up to me and he goes, Hey, look, just like that. Hey, look, he says, don't let these people beat you. All they want to do is take from you everything you've ever had. They can take your business. They can take your money. They can destroy your family, but that what they can't take is who you are and what you're made of. Hmm. He said, listen, come to my class every day, start working out. You'll start to lose weight. You'll start to feel better. And I don't know what it was, but I think we all are faced with defining moments in our life that come up and we can either take them or not. And I don't know what it was, but it's like a switch flipped. And I said, okay, 
I started going to his class. I started working out. I started to lose weight, feeling better. I went to college. I got a bachelor's degree in theology, which is a whole story in itself. Sure. I, I wrote two books. I wrote a book called Exit Plan. You can see it behind me. Your Complete Guide to Multifamily Investing and Why You Need an Exit Plan Before You Buy. I, I wrote a book uh, on uh, property management, which will be coming out uh, this year. And I'd love to uh, give any of your listeners a copy of my book, Exit Plan. You know, they direct, uh, send me an email directly and I'll, I'll send them a signed copy. That's very kind. Thank you. Um, and so um, I, wrote a, I wrote a home study course. I wrote an ethics course. So in prison for six years, I worked in the education department and I taught as a volunteer, real estate investing, property management, and ethics. Now, go ahead. How ironic uh, <laughs> a federal inmate teaching ethics, right? Um, I, uh, <laughs> how, how ironic is Paul the one who, you know, <laughs> attacks Christians to, to be the, yeah. you know, the, the, the incredible uh, disciple that he was? So, yeah. Right. I was on an outreach program. I went in the community. I told my story 40 times to small business owners and college students. Then I met a professor at the University of Minnesota. He and I co-authored a paper together that we had published in the Business Journal of Ethics, and it gets taught today at the collegiate level for forensic accounting and sales and marketing classes. And uh, I came home the week they closed the world down for the pandemic. Um, so I went from one prison in, right into another. And uh, after I came home, I, I decided to go back into syndication business. And so started syndicating a deal. But my securities attorney said, hey, I think I can get you approved by the SEC. I said, have at it. Well, we never talked about it again. So three months later, she came back and said, I got a written approval from the SEC that you can raise capital and be an issuer of securities again. Wow. So, so it's amazing. So a, a lot of things have come back together in my life. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not been easy. It's been a journey. Um, and the hardest piece in all this, Eric, is that um, I have three of my five kids that, that don't talk to me. Um, my ex-wives hate me. and um, you know, basically just, you know, my family is whittled kind of down to nothing. So, yeah. Mm. It's a, it's a sobering reminder of, of this life. And we put so much emphasis on, on this life, what we see in the here and now. And, mm. and it's so difficult to keep an eternal perspective, but mm. uh, uh, when I go teach, I, I often talk about there are only two things that are going to last. is your relationship with Jesus and your impact on other people's relationship with Jesus. And then that's what lasts. And so, obviously, the money the money doesn't last. You know, I am in this career to help people break free from the grip of money and to understand stewardship and, and what, what they're actually being called to do with money rather than let, you know, them serving money. Um, but, but, yeah, man, that, that's a, it, it's bitter. That it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry you've had to go through that, but uh, I thank you for the courage to to um, share. And uh, I honestly, I, I greatly admire the way that you have um, persevered 
through mm-hmm. this as well as as well as just decided that I'm gonna I'm gonna stand back up like you had to stand back up you got yeah you got knocked down and then kicked and then thrown dirt on top of you as well so so two things you know uh, it's not what happened to you it's what happens for you right and I believe that God God's design around all of this was is pretty impactful because um listen i know a number of other people in the real estate business that went to prison and they're not out there talking about it and i talk about it and people the number one question people say is how did you get through that and all i can say is jesus yeah that's the only reason that i i got through this on a daily basis and so i want people to see that you know, I don't want them, you know, I was arrogant and prideful and, and, and I don't want people to see that side of me, but I want people to see a humble, um, Christian that loves Jesus and serves others. And so, you know, that doesn't always happen that way, but, um, I certainly try to move in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. What advice do you have to someone who is, um, who is whether they're feeling like they're kind of on, on their own top of, you know, top of the world, mountaintop and inside their industry, or they're striving for that right now. And they are, um, they're not and and you know, that, that, that comes at an expense that, that like your family does not like someone, a man does not, you know, climb to the mountaintop without, without having, you know, some collateral damage behind them. So what, what, what advice do you have to someone who's doing that now? Yeah. Um, so a couple things. One is God gave us two ears and a mouth for a reason. We need to listen more. I didn't pay attention to details and I didn't listen to people in my life that were really important to me. My wife came to me and said, hey, I don't trust your partner and like what's going on. And I said, oh, honey, don't worry about it. Thinking I was a good husband at the time, I got this under control. And I didn't have it under control. And my whole world imploded after that. Um, The second thing is that um, God uh, uses this as an example for others. Um, Listen to the details around you. Pay attention to people around you. Um, God gives you signs in your life. And if you don't believe in God, um, there's things that happen as a result of the universe showing up and telling you, you know, watch out, pay attention. Um, our peripheral vision, and, and I was so focused on what I was doing and the direction I was going in, my blinders were so tight. I didn't use my peripheral vision. So use your peripheral vision in order to see around you what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, that's good. Um, inside your books. So actually, yeah, no, let's go to there for the book. So, so what, what should someone know about what they're getting into with like with exit plan? Yeah. So I wrote the book exit plan because, uh, Eric, over the years, I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on coaching and training. I've been in great seminars with great teachers, uh, on real estate investing and apartment investing, And everybody teaches you how to find a deal, buy a deal, operate a deal, but nobody teaches you how to get out. And I wanted people to understand how and where to maximize your profit. 
And exiting a deal doesn't always mean you're just selling and liquidating. So uh, the, the book walks people through different stages of deals and how to look at things and, and how to evaluate. Um, it's not real technical and it tells a bunch of stories. Okay. All right. Very good. What has life been like for you since getting out of prison? <laughs> oh, God. Um, I, I'd be lying to you if I didn't say that I wake up some mornings going, are you kidding me? How am I supposed to do this again? Um, I wouldn't, I'd be lying to you if I, if I said that it doesn't bother me at all or that it doesn't affect me, but it does. Um, and I feel that I'm on a mission, uh, today to, um, prove a point that people don't have to be, uh, held back by their past. You know, I think so I was behind a wall, but there's so many people that are impacted in and in their own prison in their mind. Absolutely. Mindset is a huge thing. I can't accomplish something or they're held back because of addiction, uh whether that be alcohol, drugs, sex, uh, they might be held back because they were sexually abused or physically or verbally abused in the past. You can't let your past define your future. You uh, and, and I tell my story because I want people to understand that there's a different way, that you can move forward, that you can create a new life. So I want to, I'm on this journey today to develop this new life, to have a new business, to help people, but for people to go, man, wasn't that the guy that was in prison? Look what he's done today. Yeah. I have a good, good friend, and you might be able to relate to this. I have a good, good friend who says, man, you're going to be the Michael Milken of multifamily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for any any of the older people who know who Michael Milken, Milken was, you know. Yeah. Um, man, I, I love Mike. I, I wrap it up there, but I, I appreciate your courage. I appreciate your humility. I appreciate your willingness to to try to lean in and serve others and, and do what Christ called us to do. And, 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 and obviously, you know, you, you know, you certainly know the analogy of taking, taking your mess and making it your message. I appreciate the way that yeah. you're doing that and, and just the, the way that your, your openness and willingness to share. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for the um, education that you've given our, our listeners last, last couple of weeks. Um, please, if you're, if you are looking at real estate from a passive investing standpoint, um, reach out to Mike and understand a little bit more of how his coaching works. If you're, you know, from an active standpoint, or, uh, if you're trying to just find some deals and you're not trying to get into the real estate business, you're just trying to make some, uh, passive investments. You know, Mike has syndications that we talked about last week as well, or pick up, pick up his book, Exit Plan. Um, and, and it sounds like you're going to find a, a lot of great, great advice out of that. So Mike, thank you for your time here. And, uh, we wish you the very best in your journey as well. Thanks. And Eric, just one last thing. You know, if people want to get a copy of my book, just send me an email at mike at mycoreintentions.com. Okay. Um, and I'll I'll get them a signed copy. All right. Very good. Thank you, Mike. Okay. And to listeners, uh, appreciate you guys as always. And uh, next week, we are going to have uh, Jay Link on, and he's going to be talking um, to us uh, heavily on stewardship. Take care, Thanks. everybody. Thank you again for listening to Wealth Well Done. 
Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. And together, we'll continue to improve our relationship with money and our effectiveness in stewarding it well.